You're listening to Metal Matters, the official weekly Gimme Metal podcast. Hello, everyone. It's time for the 2020 year-end extravaganza. So, me and Randy are going to run through our top five records of 2020. And at the end of the episode, Jay Bennett and Ralph Schmidt chime in with their selections for their favorite records to come out in 2020. I hope everyone's doing well. How's it going, Randy? Good, man. Good. So you were saying it's, it was uh, quite a year for records, despite the fact that... Yeah, I had a real... <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I had a real hard time just, you know, narrowing it down to five. You know, like, <laughs> I did just because I had to, but like these kind of, for me, for the most part, are all interchangeable. And I had a ton of honorable mentions, which I'm not going to you know, go through all of it, but uh, it was a hard year for me. Dude. I did no tours, and it was a horrible year in general, but a lot of good music came out. That was the only positive. Yeah, the. My number one and number two are, uh, those are definitely like that. That's the hierarchy, but the, the remaining three, I like equally. So, uh, so my number one and my number two are, um, are my forerunners when we get to my list. So, uh, but everything else I think is like, yeah, these are like, could go depending on what day of the week I'm listening to it. They fall within various placements on the top five you know and um yeah i would say the same for mine i one and two are solid and then from there it's a fucking shit fire yeah uh just real quick everyone uh we're going to be taking the last two weeks of december off for the holidays so i'm going to take this time to wish everyone a happy holiday and a safe yet happy new year and uh, when we come back in January, we'll have a lot more stuff for you guys. And, um, yeah, let's hope we all make it into the new year. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thank, you know, thanks to everyone who's been listening, who's been with us for, you know, this journey's been going on for a while now. And uh, we had a lot of cool feedback. And I've actually met some really cool people, you know, doing this. Hopefully yeah. I'll get to meet them in the flesh <laughs> at some point. But, yeah, man. Uh, you know, so, yeah. Hope everyone has a good rest of the year and next year. Hopefully, it'll be better. You want to go through uh, your uh, your your top five first, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll do our runner-ups. Yeah, it works for me. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I'm not going to spend a ton of t- uh, ton of time on each record. You know, man, just go through it pretty quick because we got other people contributing this year. We want to give them time. Um, so yeah. Uh, like I said, this is real hard to narrow this down for me this year, but uh, in at number five is uh, Hum with their new album, Inlet. Uh, it's their first album since 1997. Um, that was it's called Downward is Heavenward that came out in 1997. I'm not sure how many people out there know Hum or remember Hum. You know Hum, right, Mike? I do, and um, I, I, the, my, my feelings about Hum and I'm definitely going to check out this new album, is that each record had like maybe two really hot damn songs. And then the rest of the albums were kind of like cool, but not 
as good as the two standout tracks? Yeah, I mean, I felt that way for sure. You know, I found out about Hum the Wave. A lot of people probably did. They had that big hit on the radio back in the 90s. It was Stars, I think it was called. And uh, it was surprisingly, like, weird and heavy to be on the radio, even for, like, the, you know, the grunge era or whatever. Uh, but I don't think that album, You Prefer an Astronaut, is a great album. Like you said, I totally agree. A couple of good songs. Uh, Downward is Heavenward from 97, I thought was a little stronger overall. But, uh, you know, this album, many, many years later, uh, I think is a huge, huge step up. And you should definitely check it out. It's just, a, it's way more, it's heavier overall. Um, it still has that kind of, you know, shoegazy kind of feel. Um, but it's just a more expansive record. Like a lot of the songs, my favorite tracks on it are track, uh, track number three, Desert Rambler, checks in at around nine minutes. Uh, track five is a song called The Summoning. That's eight, eight minutes and 31 seconds. And then the last track, Shapeshifter, is eight minutes and two seconds. So they've kind of gone through this more kind of a grandiose approach. Um, and I, I like it a lot, man. I think if you were a casual fan, even of their past records, this is, this one's a, a big improvement. So you should check it out. Do they got any like satanic lyrics or anything like that on the new album or, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure it's all satanic. I, I didn't even know this record came out this year until you told me about it. I'm like, I have to look into it. Yeah, it's good. It came out earlier in the year, um, you know, digitally, and then the vinyl just came out recently. Uh, they self-released it, and the vinyl was on a label called Polyvinyl. Uh, their label's Earth Analog Records, run by Matt Talbot, who plays in the band, and also owns and runs Earth Analog Studios in Tolono, Illinois. Sorry if I mispronounced that. but And it's uh, one of the only fully analog studios in existence in wow. America. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. The record sounds absolutely incredible you know it sounds real real warm sounding and uh yeah man definitely check it out I will. um checking in at number four for me uh is a record by the band from new york called godin uh beyond darkness is the title of the record um godin's story is kind of came from the ashes of the legendary new york uh doom sludge whatever stupid adjective you want to put in front of their music but they're one of the pioneers of that music the band winter um one of the main people from that band uh stephen flom i think at one point was thinking about reforming winter um but for whatever reason that didn't work out and his new project is called godin and that's on uh savart records um pretty heavy pretty dark heavy Celtic Frost, like later, like Monotheist or uh, even Triptychon type feel to the record. Um, long record, it's an hour and 16 minutes. And there's, uh, it's broken up by things called uh, manifestations. They're like little segues between every, uh, almost every song. And they kind of tie it all together. Um, I know you've heard this record too. Mike and uh, I, I have a feeling we might be talking about this uh, at some point again. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that always happens with artists. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, we can, you know, we'll talk about it again, maybe yeah, a little bit later. Maybe. But, uh, I'm not going to like, you know, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> maybe. I have a feeling that this might come up again. Yeah, really cool record. Uh, right up my alley, man. I, I like it a lot. My two favorite tracks are Twilight and Cosmic Blood. And, uh, yeah, that's number four, Godin, Beyond Darkness. Um, number three for me uh, is a record by 16 from Los Angeles, and the record's called Dream Squasher. Um, I don't know what to say about 16. Everyone, I'm sure, probably knows 16 or has at least heard 16. Uh, they've been around for, you know, pushing 30 years now. Uh, this came out on Relapse Records. And the big thing about this record is the departure of the longtime vocalist, Chris Giroux. He does sing a little bit on the record, but he was the, the front man for that band since the beginning, or, you know, since very early on anyway. And uh, Bobby takes over on vocals. Now he's the front man playing guitar and singing. And uh, I love 16. I've been a fan forever. I think they're incredible. I don't think anybody else sounds like them. You can tell it's 16 usually right away. But that's kind of one of the things about this record that I really like is they, they go different places than I've heard 16 go in the past. And uh, it, I don't want to say it was surprising, but it was refreshing, I guess. You know, I like all their records, but... This one really hit, hit hard with me. I liked it a lot. Um, I know you know those guys well. I think uh, Tombs did some touring with 16 not too long ago, right? Well, yeah, it was a while ago at this point. It seems like only yesterday, but it was, it was like maybe <laughs> six years oh ago at this time, but probably longer, actually. But, uh, yeah, they're they're great. I um, the, the interesting thing about them is they started out in this, this kind of like West Coast you know, almost like like part of like the power violence like scene. You know, this kind of right. You know, punk world of uh, you know, like that sort of chaotic world of West Coast. You know, power violence. Even though they didn't sound anything like any of those bands, they were always in this like slow, dirgy sort of vibe, and uh, a lot of that's still intact. But they have um, you know this kind of more rock, more heavy rock thing going on these days. And, uh, yeah, they're a real interesting band. And like, you know, like I said, we, we toured with them a while back. And, um, what I like about those older bands from that scene is like most of the guys, like I remember we actually Anodyne played with 16 out at the PCH club in, uh, like somewhere in California, like outside of LA. And I remember it's in the middle of some gang gang ridden like area, like some really bad area. And um, they're like super sketchy. We're like waiting around. And we're like, you know, they show up late, you know, like the show had started already. And these guys like roll up and they all look like dudes that were in jail and shit like that. <laughs> I was like, you know, Chris looks like this fucking maniac. <laughs> like Bobby looked like. I don't know, like he sold drugs or and most of that stuff was probably true about those guys. They were like some, you know, crazy dudes back then. And uh yeah, I mean Bobby was on the on the show 
earlier this year, so we got a chance to talk about this this very record. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, great band, great band, and this is a pretty awesome record. And I'm glad to see that these guys are still cranking out awesome material. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Huge, huge fan of Sixteen. Uh, my two favorite tracks on the record are what's called Acid Tongue, which is just it's mostly instrument. I think it's completely instrumental, actually. But they they bring back like a lost art of like the samples. You know, like Buzz yeah. Oven used to use a lot of the samples, and I hate God. It's got got an incredible sample, and it's just a brutally heavy song. And then uh, the song Sadlands, which is, that one was like one of the songs on the record that really kind of uh, was a real curveball. It's, it's still heavy, but it has like a nice melodic feel going on. It almost reminds me of like Alice in Chains. Um, I could there's a cool video that they, yeah, yeah, you can hear it, right? Yeah. Um, they made a cool video for that song, and you know, this, they're eighth full length, so they've had a million EPs and splits and all that kind of stuff, too. So, but there's a lot of 16 music out there. You know, if people aren't familiar with uh, 16, definitely check it out. There's a huge back catalog. Uh, check out. So, that's number three. Uh, moving right on down the list. Number two is by a band out of Brattleboro, Vermont, called Barishi. The record's called Old Smoke. I think you might know uh, some of those guys, Mike. Yes, and um, actually, we—I was going to have them on the podcast, but uh, COVID nineteen did away with that. So uh, we're gonna we were gonna do it in person because they were coming. To, they were going to be playing in the city, and we were all going to meet up and you know hang out and do things that we can't do anymore, at least for now. Right, and. Uh, and they were going to be on the show, and uh, of course, their their show in New York got canceled, and we kind of put that on hold because um, I don't know. It just would be, I think, to hang out and talk in person would be way cooler than to do it over the phone with those guys. Yeah, man. Considering you know, a, a quick backstory: me and me and you both met these guys by touring with them yeah. a few summers ago. Like we had no idea who they were. We didn't know them as people. Didn't really know the band. And uh, I think we had a really good fucking time. They were like real nice guys, real great guys to be on the road with, and an incredible band. I think they kind of blew all our minds on that tour. Yeah. Also, Graham, <laughs> you know? uh, Graham appears on your record, too. Yes, he does, uh, you know, because of that tour. You know, we met on that tour, became good friends. We're still good friends. And that has no bearing on why this is my number two record. Just for like the one or two people that might know, I know Graham well. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he did a solo on the last cable record, uh, "Take the Stairs to Hell," and uh, we may have talked about this in some other episode before, but it was kind of surreal. You were there in the studio with us, and like everyone's sitting in this like tiny, cramped like <laughs> studio, and Grant just like rolls in there, not knowing only me and you didn't know like any of the five or six other people that were there and just sits down in front of everyone and rips like one of the sickest guitar solos ever. Yep. You know, it's like fucking Dwayne Allman just kind of walked in, <laughs> you know, it was kind of incredible, man. It's, it's hard to tell the story unless you were there, but you were there. So I think you can, you can testify to my, <laughs> how impressive it was. I think know? that I showed up right when he was about to start tracking his solo. Right. And I was like, um, like, damn, this fucking guy knows his way around the the guitar. 
Yeah, I mean, we kind of knew, I mean, obviously knew that already watching him every night on tour, but like still, like, he, he's, he's a very, very, uh, dynamic musician where like he can, he can, I feel like he could probably play anything and like be true to it. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a freak. So, yeah, man, th- you know, this record came out on, uh, Season of Mist back in April. Another band that, you know, all these bands really got, Touring got killed by COVID. I hope this record doesn't go unnoticed because it's absolutely incredible. Um, it's hard for me. Maybe you'd be better at this than me, man. But like when I try to think of something to like fair to compare it to, like all I can think of is like some bands that are kind of obscure. Like I don't know how many people know that band, Eagle Twin. It's fronted by uh, Gentry Bensley, who was the main guy from the band, old band Iceburn. Um, but Eagle Twin's far heavier than Iceberg. But they have long songs. Uh, a lot of these Parisi songs are long, checking in, you know, over the 10-minute mark. Um, I hear a little bit of, like, Yob in there, maybe. Maybe a little bit of Into Arma. Um, even, like, Neil Young, like, the Crazy Horse stuff, you know, with, like, the, the loud distortion. And uh, even some strands of, like like Morbid Angel, like Gateways to Annihilation Era. I hear kind of all that mixed in there. I don't know. Does it make any sense well, to you? Well, especially on Old Smoke, because this this record actually sounds a lot different than their other records, in my opinion. I think that uh, this record's old. Or I should have mentioned that. It's like yeah. way more brutal, you know, and uh, heavier, yeah. I think, than their other stuff. Yeah, well, their old, their past records, they had a, a like a singer, a front man, you know, they were a four piece. And then right before we did that tour with them, they uh, parted ways with the singer and Graham took over the vocals, which he's never sang before, which was incredible. So that first show of that tour that we seen him on, I believe, was his first show singing and playing guitar. For That's insane, man. It blows my mind, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, also, uh, about about just that how much of a feat that is is they're a three-piece so right. graham plays guitar right. and sings and it's like they, he doesn't even have like another guitar player on stage you can like cover up the uh you know the only reason i say this because this is what i is what i do being a guitar player with and with another guy playing guitar where it's like when i fuck <laughs> up it's like, like when i'm singing and playing guitar it's not as tight as if I were just playing guitar. So having that other guitarist there just thickens everything and you can, you can mask a lot of inaccuracies, but Graham is out there just representing on his own, man. He's just playing guitar, like shredding and singing. And that was like the first tour he ever did that on. And I was like completely blown away when I found out about that. Yeah, man, totally. Well, to be fair though, they did add a second guitar player now. Um, there's a, there is a second guitar player now, but that doesn't pertain to what you're talking about because when we toured with that, they were a trio. Yeah. And, you know, they only added a second guitar player to fill out the sound. It certainly wasn't to give Graham any help because, you know, <laughs> he certainly doesn't need any. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, those guys were such great guys and just great players. I mean, Dylan's a beast on the drums. Jonathan on the bass was incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, like, compare this to a lot of things but uh i didn't do a very good job of it. i I, feel, I don't feel comparing it to something else but uh i don't know man 
people should definitely check it out. I got a feeling this is one of those records because of like the not touring thing that could easily slip under the radar. And I hope that's not the case, you know? I think uh, you're pretty um, accurate with the Neil Young thing, honestly. Yeah, you hear some of that in there? I mean, it's like if you want to really just compare it and say, like, all right, it's Neil Young and Morbid Angel. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's I the would, best I could come up with. Yeah. Which <laughs> so. is like, in, like, if you think about that, it's a pretty insane, like, bridge. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's really what it is, in my opinion, you know? And knowing Grant, I got to know Grant pretty well, you know, since since that tour, and like he's into like stuff like that, like Neil Young and Mountain and Zeppelin, and you know, he's also equally into you know real heavy shit too. So it, it's kind of uh, it makes sense if you uh, know the band or, or know the guys in the band. Um, so yeah, man, everyone check out that record. Um, I think it's a you know real under the radar record this year, but everyone check it out. So. That brings me to my number one record, um, Tombs, Under Sullen Skies. You know anything about that, Mike? Yeah, I gave you uh, $20 to uh, put this on your <laughs> list, so I'm aware of this record. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, this might not look good to people, that my top two records are both made by great friends of mine, and, you know, one of the, a band I did a short stint in, and... I've considered those guys my friends for sure. I, I haven't have yet to meet Drew, but uh, I'm sure if Drew is friends with uh, Matt and Justin. That he's a good guy, you know, and he does an incredible job on the record. Um, yeah, man, we haven't talked about this really. I mean, you were nice enough to let me hear some of it a long time ago, but since it's come out, you know, I've spent a lot of time with it. I haven't talked to you about it at all. So it's kind of my first, uh, <laughs> talking to you about it. And, uh, I gotta say, man, it really, really blew me away. And I think by far it's the best work you've done. Uh, it's a really incredible record, man. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, you know, I, we put a lot of time and effort into this thing and there was a lot of intention and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ha I mean, it's, uh, I feel grateful at this stage of my life that I'm still able to make music, man. And the fact that people still care is, is cool. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, that you, you think highly of this record, man. Cause like we put, I think highly of it. I think that we, uh, we did a lot of good work on it and I'm glad that you appreciate it. I do, man. I, you know, I'm, I think this is the best record of the year. You know, I'm not, Thanks, just, not just saying that, because we're friends and stuff like that. I think it's an incredible record, man. I've listened to it quite a few times since it's come out. Um, and, you know, also not to be overshadowed, this is not the only record that Tunes put out this year. He put out a, an EP, which was, you know, it's an EP, but it's, you know, it's almost 30 minutes worth of music. Or is it longer? It's like 32 yeah, minutes, isn't like, it? Monarchy of Shadows. Yeah, everyone, like, you know, is like, oh, well, you should have just added two more songs. I'm like, go fuck yourself, man. You know, <laughs> People tell me, yeah, why don't you shut the fuck up? You know, it's like people try to get like all like, you know, I'm like, dude, just listen to the record and it is what it is. And you'll get another record and then you'll have all this stuff you were complaining about to listen to. So <laughs> I don't know why people get. Yeah, I don't know why people get caught up in that kind of shit. I mean, you know, the last cable full length was like, you know, like 32 minutes. So whatever it's whatever you want it to be man 
But uh, <laughs> that was also a great, uh, but underselling skies, man. Yeah. When I listen to it, you know, knowing you pretty well now, we've been friends for going on almost three decades now, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, touring together, our bands playing together and, uh, car, long car rides to practice oh, yeah. yep. for, for months and months. Like when I listen to this record, I can, you know, see a little deeper into it maybe than people who don't know you as well as I do. And to me, like when I listen to it, it kind of sounds like your iPod on shuffle. Yeah, I could see yeah. that, man. You know, it's all the conversations we had, and you know, it's like I said, you have like you have a little bit more of an insight into what went on behind the scenes, and you know, all that time spent together. So yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know, you know, I know how hard it was to break the bridge from Grand Annihilation to here. You know, I I, I bear pretty good witness to a lot of it, and uh, I know it wasn't easy. And yeah. you should be very, very proud of this record, man. It's, all those guys should. It's in, it's incredible. Uh, just a couple of quick things I want to point out about it, man. Like, I, you know, the whole record is great. It works from front first track to the last, but particularly early part of the record is just the execution of uh, the track one, Bone Furnace. It's like one of the fucking best like intros into like when the vocals kick in it's just fucking epic dude it's like it's so fucking perfect it's ridiculous Thanks. <laughs> like, that. no seriously and then like uh track two void constellation the riff that comes in that like 20 22 seconds into the song is probably the best tune riff ever <laughs> it's, it's so sick i don't know who wrote that if you wrote it or one of those other guys did but it's like it's ridiculous, man. It's like all the shit I really, really love. You know, like it sounds like an I hate God riff, um, which is a, a, a kind of a sector that I don't think Tunes has touched on a lot in the past. But it works fucking perfectly, dude. Um, so good. And then you know, I'll just end it by saying uh, the hunger, which people who probably haven't heard the album probably have heard the hunger because you guys released that cool video for it around Halloween, and that's the one where DeWitt from Integrity does the guest vocals, which sound fucking perfect. He sounds like Lemmy, actually. It sounds exactly like Lemmy. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> and I know that meant a lot, you know, it meant a lot for you to get DeWitt on there. We're both big fans and respect him. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, I could go on and on, Mike. I really could. Well, I'll do it after we finish. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm real stoked for you, man. And, you know, that's that's it, man. Uh, that's my list, you know. What do you got? Yeah, so this year was was a good year for uh, for just records in general. But uh, my, there's a couple a couple of copies here on um, on my list, and uh, like I said earlier, uh, the first or I should say the bottom three, three, four, and five, really there's no order. But my one and my no, my number one and my number two are definitely what I think the two best records of the entire year so we'll start at the bottom with uh Cavera, their self-titled record came back came out earlier this year and uh it's funny you talked about 16 uh the drummer in Cavera, uh mateo is uh was a former drummer of 16 and you know they've had a lot of guys in and out of the band and i believe that you like this record a lot as well right yeah man well you turned me on to this record through uh, 
can't remember if it was, uh, I think it was one of your solo, Everything Went Black, maybe even an early Plague Diaries. Or, I don't know, but I, you turned me on to this record early in the year. Um, and, you know, I met Mateo through, you know, the show <laughs> and us doing this and, you know, just chatting online and stuff like that. Yeah, I love this record. This is what I, what I said earlier. This is a real tough year for me to narrow it down. This easily could have been on my list of top five. It's definitely in my honorable mentions. You know, for a debut album, I think they hit a lot of the park, man. I think it's a fucking incredible record. And I've been trying to tell everyone I can about it, you know? So, yeah, if you want to check these guys out, it's K-E-V-R-R-A. And they're on Bandcamp. And uh, they're, 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 people have asked me, how do you spell the name? That's why I'm going through this. And I want people to go out there and listen to the fucking band because they're awesome. Yeah. And... If I were to describe them, uh, for those of you out there who might not be familiar with them, it's in the vein of, uh, for some reason, I hear a lot of, uh, I hear like some I Hate God, I hear uh, Unsane, I hear Today is the Day, like early Today is the Day, Uh, and I hate the term noise rock, but there's uh, a very heavy amphetamine reptile sort of vibe to what they do but in a way that is not as obvious as some of the purveyors of the modern movement of noise rock bands you know like there's a lot of bands that are like oh yeah we're a noise rock band and they like they sound like they don't really sound like the cows you know what i mean they have their they have this yeah right right right. but like these guys you can tell like their record collection has a lot of the same stuff that you and I probably have in it, you know? And, um, right. you know, it's, it's fucking super heavy. It's evil. It has all that stuff in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Mateo used to be in buzz oven. So there's a little bit of a buzz oven thing, a little slightly, you know, like a slight sort of buzz oven negative trip going on, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, man, it's kind of, you know, kind of makes me jealous man like it's like their debut record and it's like what i've been trying to do with my band for like 25 years (laughs) (laughs) so yeah thanks mateo you know i'm still working on it but you guys figured it out on your first record so (laughs) congratulations man (laughs) yeah it's also uh you know got member ex member of goat snake is in it you know for anyone out there who uh you know was into that band or the kind of southern lord sort of sounds i mean I guess, like, uh, I could see Cavera fitting in with that Southern Lord kind of thing, that, that sort of vibe, you know what I mean? Doom, sludge, whatever you want to call it. You know? Right, right. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. They, you know, like you said, early today is the day, and, the, you know, the quote-unquote noise rock kind of, they kind of fit in a lot of different places comfortably, you know, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, my number four is Old Smoke by Barishi. Go figure. <laughs> um, Never heard of them. Also on uh, Season of Mist, so they're uh, label mates of Tombs. And, you know, they they are uh, incredibly talented guys. They write great riffs, you know. And uh, we talked a little bit about this earlier. But, yeah, I was – you kind of stole my thunder a little bit when you said Neil Young because that's – even when we did that that tour with them, I was like, yeah, these guys got this kind of like Neil Young, crazy horse, like Russ never sleeps kind of vibe, but with a more metal like approach to it, you know? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, 
Um, really interesting music, man. And, and um, if any of that stuff sounds at all appealing, I highly recommend everyone go out there and check it out. If you're into, you know, Napalm Death, uh, Morbid Angel, and Neil Young, <laughs> you probably will really dig Barishi. Yeah, man. Well put, dude. You know, well put. Yeah. Uh, my number three is decidedly not a very metal album. You know, since the name of the show is Metal Matters, even though we stray from that format, you know, liberally. Um, right. I've talked about this band quite a bit over the course of the year, and it's a band called Bambara, and their record that came out this year is called Stray. And I imagine if anyone who's been listening to this show or listens to my other podcast, Everything Went Black, has heard me talk about these guys. I've featured some of their music on Everything Went Black as an intro and outro. And, and yeah, they're just like a spooky, um, very rootsy American rock band that, that has pretty heavy influences, I would say, from uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, or more specifically, I would say, the birthday party. Um, you know, the, the 80s Gun Club era, you know, the band Gun Club from, uh, from L.A., the Jeffrey Lee Pierce uh, band. Um, a little bit of Swans, I would say, at times. And, uh, and then just like their own thing, man. It's like, uh, like you're not going to hear any blast beats on this. You're not going to hear any distorted guitars, but it's... Um, it's very dark music, and the, uh, the vocals and the lyrics really, really get me. You know, they're, um, like I said, it's like these short stories. There's all the songs seem to have a narrative. Uh, it's a very atmospheric sort of thing. It reminds me of uh, watching the first season of True Detective, sort of. You know, there, there's like this cinematic vibe to the music where there's conjures up these images of uh nighttime and highways and being in the middle of nowhere and you know that kind of thing so yeah i know you dig these guys too right yeah man well this is another band uh like kavara that you turned me on to earlier this year um when we were doing one of our deep cuts episodes actually um he brought these guys up and the album i checked out was uh from 2018 shadow on everything and i didn't even realize until very recently they had an album this year yeah so i have not heard this yet although i really want to because i definitely was into shadow on everything so yeah I, you turned me on to these guys for sure man i had no idea who they were and, yeah i think you described it perfect man it's got that fans of the gun club birthday party kind of that death rock kind of feel you know yeah. um very cool stuff man i was i was pleasantly surprised to check them out earlier this year on your recommendation yeah shadow on everything is my favorite record by them so far and um but you know shout out to uh retta evans uh out in phoenix arizona for turning me on to this band i would have never heard of these guys if it wasn't for retta so uh shout out to retta evans thanks so now we're uh, we're zeroing in on on number one and number two, and um, so my number two, and this, in my opinion, is the second best album to come out in 2020. It's gotten Beyond Darkness, and uh, that was also on your list. 
But you actually turned me on to these guys. I remember you were the one who told me about them. And this record just kind of fell to earth. I never even was aware of this. And, um, you know, by now, if you listen to last episode, we had uh, Stefan Flam on as a guest. So you might have heard some of the backstory of the genesis of this band. And um, it's a kind of a fascinating story from, you know, from winter into this. And, uh, you know, a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, Steph went through a bunch of different uh, problems with, uh, you know, with, his, with t- uh, tinnitus and all this other stuff. And it took a, a several years for this record to be made. And um, it just has so many layers to it and so much depth. And uh, I'm always a big fan of, like, some kind of underlying narrative. And the record definitely plays, like, one piece of music. You know what I mean? And, oh, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I listen to this all the time, man. I run, I run this album at least uh, probably once every other week. I probably listen to this entire album. It's great. Yeah, that's a long listen, man. You know, it's an hour and 16 minutes, I believe it is. So uh, it's a commitment, you know. It's, it's, it's about good. Uh, one clarification. I, you call them Godin, and I call them Godin. So which is it? Uh, Steph said it's Godin. So, so I'll go. With, I'll go with what he said. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, it's his band, so uh, that's yeah, the way I'm right. saying it. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and you're that's right. That's what I though, get from not hearing that interview. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right about um about uh winter though. There was like a spark of um of activity though a few years ago, and uh, I you know, they played at Maryland Death Festival, and I was like, oh yeah, these guys are gonna you know maybe they'll put out another album, and then. He, he talks about it a little bit in the episode, in last episode, and um, I don't want to give too much away. You can just go back and listen to it. And uh, Yeah. But yeah, winter, I guess officially winter's done, and this is like the new, the new era. So, interesting stuff. Well, it's, it's an incredible record, man. You know, like, you know, on both of our top five lists, and uh, it, it's just great. I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to hear another winter record, but if this is what we get instead, it's kind of like I said... I see a lot of strands connecting like the later Celtic Frost and Triptychon feel to this. And it's almost like kind of the same metamorphosis, like Celtic Frost kind of turned into Triptychon and Winter turned into Godden, say it the right way. Um, so yeah, man, they should be pretty proud of this for a uh, debut record. It, it's pretty impressive. You know? Yeah. Now, now this leads us to uh, my number one, and the minute I heard this album, I'm like, this is the best record to come out this year. This is going to be my number one. Napalm Death, Throws of Joy in the Arms of Defeatism. That's quite a tongue twister of an album title. But, uh, but yeah, this I, I love this new version, or new, not a new version, but this new sort of spin that, uh, that Napalm Death has on, uh, on their style of grindcore. It's, uh, I mean, you know, they, they're masters of the Fast and the Furious, but now, I mean, this, this element of their music has been part of their sound for a long time, but it's really coming to the forefront. This kind of uh, killing joke, post-punk sort of vibe is, is um, definitely front and center 
on this record, as well as the EP that came out earlier this year, uh, Logic Ravaged by Brute Force. That's a that's another fucking title that I love. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, um, yeah, so these two uh, records, these two releases in 2020 are like, just, I, I just feel like this invigoration, you know, I feel invigorated by these two records and uh, they just, I get, I, I think when I first got this, I listened to it front to back like three or four times because I was just blown away by how diverse the album was. You know, there's like all these different looks on it, these different sounds and really, really blew me away, man. And, and I've always been a huge Napalm Death fan. And um, I just think that they're, they were like the one of the, I would say they're the first extreme metal band that I ever really heard. I mean, if you, if you discount right. thrash, you know, of the of the extreme metal, Napalm was the first band I really explored. So it's it's good to see that they're out there, uh, still redefining what they do. You know. Well, I think that a lot of people would say they kind of invented extreme metal. You know, yeah. or uh, at least uh, grindcore. You know, and like playing like hyperspeed fast like that. I mean, they're definitely one of the first, if not the first. You know, um, you are definitely a bigger fan uh, of Napalm Death than I am. I have nothing but respect for Napalm Death. I check out every record they do. Uh, I like Napalm Death. Uh, you're definitely a bigger fan. I I listened to this record, but I have not spent enough time with it. Um, so it's you know it's not on my list, but. You're not the only one to tell me I'm missing out here. So I need to, like I said, there were so many records this year, and I kind of got caught in the shuffle with everything and trying to listen to everything. And I, I definitely need to go back and try to give this another listen for sure. You know? Yeah. No, it's it's sick. It's great. You know? Yeah. So that's uh, that's my list for 2020. I like mine better. Well, that's, you know, that's your, uh, you know, good for you, kidding, man. Kidding. Yeah. What do you got? You got any uh, honorable mentions? Uh, I wish that Sub-Zero, their house of grief was a full length, but uh, that 7-inch has been getting a lot of play in my house here. Dude, so good. You that another thing. That's the third thing this year you turned me on to. Not not that I didn't know who Sub-Zero was. I, I remember buying their first seven inch at trash American style. We can't go without an episode without talking about trash American style. Yeah. Um, and I think we're on inner journey records back in like 1991, maybe. And, uh, so I definitely know who they are, but, uh, I had no idea they had new music coming out and you turned me on to that. And, uh, I've listened to that. It's only two songs, but I've listened to that quite a few times as well. Yeah. It's pretty great. You know, but, uh, yeah, there's like a bunch of stuff that came out this year, but that's that one. Cause it's so, it's so like fresh, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I just think it's cool that the band's still out. They're still making some of their best music right now, in my opinion. Yeah, man. I, it's cool. It's fucking dark. It's heavy. It's, it's fucking different. You know, it sounds like you said, it sounds fresh. Um, you know, I, I got a, I got a lot of honorable mentions. I'm not going to go through them all. I just want to take a second though, man. And, uh, Someone pretty influential to me earlier this week passed away. Um, Andy Newman, who played in the band Glaze Baby. Um, they're a huge influence on me. Andy's music and Glaze Baby were a huge influence on me. 
and uh, hit me kind of hard earlier this week. Just want to send you know respects out to his family and bandmates and stuff like that. He was playing in a band called the Hammer Party, and they're just about to have a new record come out. Um, and it's 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 really cool. It's in that you know noise rock vein that we always talk about. Uh, but any anybody out there who was a fan of Glaze Baby or that kind of stuff, uh, check out the Hammer Party record. Unfortunately, uh, you know they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna continue. But uh, you know, I just wanted to send that out there about Andy because he's super important, uh, big influence on Cable. Cable played a lot of shows with Glaze Baby in the early days. I was always hoping those guys would get back together and uh, we could do it again sometime. But you know, I, I seen Andy back in March at uh, today's the Day show in Providence. I was seeing him around for years at shows. I don't know if you've ever that Andy Mike, yeah, but, yeah I know I didn't know he passed away though but yeah 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 he passed away earlier earlier this week which would be a couple weeks ago you know from when this gets posted but uh yeah I just want to mention that cause he's a pretty big influence on me musically didn't see that one coming you know is that it you got anything else you want to add to just going to end on that note <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, there's, there's other there's other records too, man. The new the new today is the day record uh, is pretty great. Uh, the Human Impact record, Chris Spencer from Unseen's new project with uh, the rhythm section for the Swans, it's pretty awesome. The new ACDC record. Oh, interesting, huh? Dude, I don't know if you listened to it yet, but it is fucking awesome. With, with Axl Rose on vocals? No. Rose. Brian Johnson. I thought Axel wasn't he in isn't he in A C D C now? No. Okay. He he did a tour with that. He did a tour of that when Brian Johnson was uh wasn't able to do it. But I'm telling you, man, I, I haven't been like, you know, I know A C D C played a lot of records <laughs> over the last, you know, ten, fifteen years. But this new record, man, I'm telling you, check it out. Oh, I will. You're gonna you're gonna fucking love it. You're a big ACDC fan, obviously. You've just done a few ACDC episodes recently yeah, with uh, yeah. with Jay Bennett, right? I did. Check out new ACDC, dude. It is fucking pretty killer. I you know what, man? Like, I I stopped listening to them, like with uh for those about to rock, you know, and um you know we salute you, uh but yeah, I would check sure, in on them here and there, and I was like, yeah, okay. But yeah, you know, Black Ice was good from a few years ago. But um, yeah, I, I remember that one. Yeah, so I'm excited that there's a good, their new album's good. So I'm gonna check it out right away then. Dude, it's it's killer. I think it's the best thing they've done since like you know, Fly on the Wall, for those about to rock. I think those records came out the close together. It, it's it's fucking good, dude. I was actually kind of blown away, man. I listened to the whole thing, and then I just listened to it again. It's like, God damn, this is cool. It's like catchy and uh, Brian Johnson sounds great. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Definitely, definitely check it out. I think you'll love it. Will do. Well, thanks everyone once again uh, for the support. You know, this is, uh, you know, been doing this for a while and uh, looking forward to a lot more episodes. And I want to uh, wish everyone a happy holiday and we'll see you guys in January. This is Jay Bennett. You're listening to the Metal Matters podcast with your host, Mike Hill. Uh, and these are my uh, top five records for 2020. Uh, coming in at number five, Midnight from Cleveland, Ohio. 
with their album Rebirth by Blasphemy. Came out way earlier this year, January, I want to say, the beginning of the year. It seemed like another century. Um, Midnight are a great band. They sort of do play in the, the, the Venom slash Motorhead style of uh, metal. And um, uh, I don't know, this record, I mean, all their records are great, but um, I don't know. Th this one is, um, there's a song on this one called, I think, Rising Scum or Scum Rising or something like that. Um, it's just really, a, it's, a, it's a banger. It's a solid banger. Um, it's a great record from Midnight, Rebirth by Blasphemy. If I might jump in uh, real quick, sorry. I, I know I wasn't supposed to be part of this, but I have to insert myself here. Yeah. <laughs> Did Midnight have something to do with the Cleveland band Boulder by any chance? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Jamie, who is the main dude in Midnight, was was in Boulder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right, carry on. Sorry, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> My number four is a band called Halas, um, which is H and then an A with an umlaut over it, L-L-A-S. And their second, I think it's their second record, maybe it's their third, it's called Conundrum, came out this year. Um, they're sort of, a, they call themselves Adventure Rock, and it's a sort of a proggy, like, I don't know, sort of a um, little bit of Rush, a little bit of Yes, some sort of uh, sci-fi style lyrics. Um, I don't know. They, they've um, I enjoyed their last record quite a bit, um, which had a song called Star Rider, which is like one of the best songs that's come out in 20 years. Um, but this new one, this new record, Conundrum, it's awesome, from Halas. Uh, my number three is also a band from Sweden um, called Vampire. Uh, they put out an album called Rex this year. Um, very different style than Halas. This is more of this is more in the sort of like uh, uh, merciful fate, um, you know, proto black metal style. Um, it's just really just sort of like vicious killer atmosphere, cool riffs, um, just like vicious sort of nasty vocals. Um, awesome record, Vampire Rex. I think it's like their. I want to say it's their third record. Not sure, but. Uh, my number two is a band called Night, N-I-T-E, and they're from San Francisco, and they put out a record called Darkness, Silence, Mirror, Flame. Um, and I have, to, I have to admit, I have to, I have to, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say that I'm a little prejudiced here because the drummer in Night is uh, my friend and bandmate Patrick the Ginge Crawford, um, who plays in me, plays with me um, in a band called Mustard Gas and Roses. Um, He's the drummer in that band, and they're, and they're sort of a night. Uh, they play a sort of um, tribulation style, sort of gothic rock meets metal kind of style. Um, really good, really catchy. Um, excellent record. It's called Darkness, Silence, Mirror, Flame. Uh, and then my number one, which is a totally... Um, I, I think the record is... It might not even technically be out yet, but it's coming out like in the next week or two. Uh, it's a band called Pharaoh Overlord. Um, they're from Finland. Um, and the record is called just the number six because it's, it's their sixth record. Uh, and, uh, our, our, Mike and I, our, our mutual friend, Aaron Turner does the vocals on this record. And, uh, it is, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, 
it's like synth metal with like death metal vocals. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> like totally cool and unique sounding record. Um, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I think you can like pre-order it on Bandcamp or something. Um, it's, it comes out in the next week or two. Um, but you know, Aaron sent me a little sneak preview and, uh, it's my favorite record of the year. It's awesome. It's so cool. Um, so that's my, that's my top five of 2020. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Ralph of Old Thunder Ropes of Night. Thanks for having me on this year's endless episode of Metal Matters and for giving me a chance to break down my top five records of this year. Number five this year for me is Linea Aspera's second album entitled Two. Um, Mike and I spoke about this band on my Deep Cuts episode a few weeks back. Um, Linea Aspera is a two-piece band playing cold wave synth-driven goth music or whatever you want to call it. It's carried by Alison Lewis's incredible voice. Um, if you like dark, gloomy, danceable electronic music in the vein of Boy Harsher and Clark, Casino and Oaklander and likes, this one's for you. Coming in at number four is a young band from California called Fearing and their album Shadow, which was released by Funeral Party Records in April of this year. To me, Funeral Party is probably the best contemporary dark wave um, labels out there right now, and Fearing is most definitely the darkest act. This record is like a contemporary edition of The Cure's Faith, blended with the sounds from the lion's mouth, and with an almost Andrew Eldridge kind of voice. My only metal record this year that made it to my top five is Turia's Degen van Licht, which I also spoke about in my Deep Cuts episode a while back. Turia is a Dutch three-piece black metal band, and it's unlike anything else going on in, in black metal right now. To me, they're the best European band in this genre right now, and the Dutch scene in itself is incredibly strong, and they are probably the best thing to come out of there. Number two, Einstürzende Neubauten, Alles in Allem. It's, um, well... It's an incredible record. After 40 years of skull-fucking the music industry, they made one of the best records in their career. It's incredibly captivating. For Neubauten, almost accessible record. Um, yeah, it's a band that has done it all. I admire the dedication to a life for their art and living their art. And, uh, well, it's almost like Swans, probably their only peers. Massive respect to them for putting out such a great record after 40 years. My number one for this year, and I know Mike and Randy, you both like this band and this record too, it's Bambara with Stray. And ever since I saw these guys live in 2018, I was a fan of them. I love Shadow and Everything, which still to me is one of the best records in the last 10 years. So when Serafina came out as a lead single last year, I was anxious for the whole record. And at first, actually, when it hit the shelves, I was kind of skeptical. But then it kept on growing and growing and growing. And after all, what does a record of the year need? It needs to be something unlike all the rest. And Bambara doesn't sound like any other band right now. And also it keeps on giving. I played this record about 200 times. and Every time I find new facets I love, the sound, the lyrics, the mood, everything is perfect on this one. So yeah, that's my record of the year. Uh, thanks guys for having me. Uh, fuck 2020 onwards to 2021. See you soon. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. 
Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.